Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to the Mainland Advertisers News Podcast. I'm George Roberts, Chief Reporter, and I'm joined by Marlowe Reporter, Kieran Bell. Hello. And Bray Reporter, Georgina Bishop. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to you both. Um, now, if you've got that sinking feeling this week, you're not the only one. A sinkhole has appeared in Maidenhead. Um, no one's been sucked into it yet, but it's been causing a, a bit of chaos with road closures and a school shutting. Kieran, can you tell us a little bit more about what's uh, what's happened? Uh, yeah, so this is obviously the story regarding the sinkhole um, in Schopenhauer's Road, which is quite a busy road in and out, <coughs> in and out of Maidenhead. Um, so, um, and yeah, basically this hole appeared on Tuesday. Um, basically just a massive hole in, in, in the asphalt. Um, and um, nobody was really sure sort of what, what had made it happen. Uh, Thames Water went and, and had a look and their initial inspections were that it was their sewer that had collapsed, um, but they weren't too sure. Um, it turns out that it's actually a, there's actually been damage to the clean water pipe and the sewer. Um, we're, st- we're still not too sure exactly what has caused the, the road to collapse like this. We haven't actually had confirmation from anybody yet as to what caused this whole thing. Um, but it's caused a lot of disruption. We know that much. Um, Desborough College had to close. It's still closed now. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, so it's been closed for a couple of days now. And I believe it's closing tomorrow as well, Friday. Um, so um, unfortunately for the Desborough boys, I think they've still got to do work. <laughs> they just have to do it at home. Um, but um, also, um, commuters have hit out. Obviously, they've hit out, but there's not much they can they can do really. But um, yeah, it's a busy road. They're not able to get in and out of Maidenhead easily. So it's causing a lot of disruption in the town. Um, but um, I suppose you, you don't really want to drive through that. That's quite a large hole. I think that'll do your car suspension in. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that and some. For people that haven't seen the, the sinkhole or haven't seen pictures of it, have a look at our um, our website or, or in the paper because it is really, well, I've never really seen anything like it uh, myself. It's just a massive hole in the road. It's like a just the biggest pothole you'd ever see. It's full of water and it takes up like, almost an entire lane, doesn't it? It's. I mean, if you drove your car into it, you wouldn't. you probably wouldn't get it back. No, it's actually in a bus stop, um, but that, yeah, if you go up there now, it's just a hive of activity. There's um, vans everywhere, there's people working on it, and they've just fenced it completely off. There's just no way through. Um, and of course, the council actually tweeted to say that the road could be closed for a- around a month, which is quite a long time. Mm. Um, we so it's the hot, both, both ways the road's closed as well? Both ways, yeah. So um, there are diversions. Thames Water have spoke to bus companies, and there are clearly signed diversions in place, according to the company. Um, but, um, but obviously, yeah, this is going to cause quite a lot of quite a lot of traffic trouble in Maidenhead, I'm yeah. sure. But, um, but this needs to be fixed, and uh, they're, they're obviously they need to do it properly. So we'll have to play the waiting game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not ideal, is it? I think. Yeah, at first, um, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is just just quite funny, really, because it's well, I guess it's one to tick off the local news bingo sheet. <laughs> but uh, actually, it's on quite a, a busy road. And one that I, I drive up and down to get to and from work. So I'm, I'm going to have to change my route. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be quite kind of put out by this uh, by this hole in the road. Uh, which is, yeah, which is a pain, I suppose. And hopefully they can get it fixed um, soon. Mm. I, I did actually receive an email this morning from a reader who used to live in Shopping Islands Road back in the 80s. They now, now live in Bristol. But they still they email me today. So they still, they still re- read the advertising, which is which is fantastic. Loyal readers. Um, they said that back in the eighties, Shopping Road was kind of like a single track road, and there was like a stream and a ditch, and apparently the water was never sort of covered up. Mm. So it could be that there's a stream underneath the road that keeps rising to the top, bubbles away, and causes this tarmac to crack. Mm. Not too sure. Haven't had confirmation of that, but that could be an could be a 
could be something I could send to Thames Water, and they, they might want to know that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that could be an idea. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that is not ideal to have a, a stream under the road no. if, if that is the case. Georgina, what do you think the, uh, the kids at Desborough College made of it? Well, they seemed quite happy in, in town yesterday, um, filling up McDonald's and um, <laughs> being a bit raucous in, in, the, in the high street. So, um, but maybe they're at work, uh, sorry, at home working now. I'm sure, I'm sure they've been given some work to do. Diligent, diligent school children, mm. those desperate boys. Got anyone more to add on the on the sinkhole? Uh, no, I think it's just yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll update readers in uh, mm. in due course when we uh, when we hear more from the relevant companies. Yeah, and watch out so. if you're walking in the dark. Watch out. Make sure you fall <laughs> yeah. into it because yeah, who knows how how deep it goes. Um, okay, moving on to our next um, item. Just before Christmas, drivers were left furious over the gridlock in Broadway car park. Cars were getting stuck behind other vehicles trying to turn right as they left the car park. It seems like it could be some pretty poor uh, design. People, many, many people are upset. I suppose that just shows that you should get your Christmas shopping done early. It's a lesson for those people. But Georgina, you've been working on this story. What, um, what's actually been going on? Yes, yeah, someone called Brian Dash called on the 23rd of December stuck in the car park, couldn't get down, there were cars queuing on the floors and um, on the exit ramp, no one could move. Was he in the car park when he called? Yeah, he was. And he put it down to the fact that um, not more than one, because there's only one exit and you can turn left or right, but straight after the exit on the right there's um, pedestrian traffic lights. So if more than one car is waiting at a red light, no one else behind can move. So yeah, so they were all stuck, but Brian also called the town hall in that time and he said it did melt away quite quickly and in the council's comment they did say that um, staff were deployed to help and manage the situation which which must have been why it did it did start moving um, but people on Twitter and Facebook have left many comments and some of them say it was just a quick fix for the um, station works so that it would just divert traffic having to go around that one-way system um, and sort of quick fix not thought through and you can see why it is um, quite problematic because as well as um, blocking cars from the car park there are also cars going down Broadway so the cars in the car park can't turn come out if there are if there is oncoming traffic so the lights are stopping people coming out and um, oncoming traffic is stopping people coming out so it yeah, it might not be the best thought through idea. Someone did have a good idea to say swap the entrance and exits, um, but again, you probably would still have the problem that there is traffic, you know, coming against you if you want if you're waiting to get out. So, I don't know how that would work. I'm definitely not an expert on these things. But yeah, I was stuck in um, the Oracle in Reading. Mm-hmm in exactly the same situation and so I can completely sympathise it's extremely frustrating to be sitting in a car park um, all you want to do is get home after day shopping especially at Christmas and you can't lots of reaction on it yeah I think Christmas time is always that all up and down the country people are getting stuck in car parks at Christmas time because that's when most people are going to the shops so on, on the one hand you're thinking well if they're just getting stuck on this one day but mm-hmm. it's okay for the rest of the year probably not a not too big a deal, but I think Broadway car park in particular, you look at the way it happens and the, it doesn't look like it's been well thought through at all. If only one one or two cars can get out if it's mm. anywhere and everybody else has to kind of wait until um, there's a gap in the traffic behind them. Yeah, it feels like it wasn't wasn't really well, uh, well thought through at all. And also it wasn't really um, 
people commenting weren't just saying it was a Christmas problem, it was it's mm. just a general problem. But the council's statement says, um, the Broadway exit from the Nicholson's car park experienced high levels of traffic over the Christmas period due to the increase in shoppers and NSL, a car park design and management company, staff were deployed to help and manage the situation. As the car park is due for redevelopment, the opportunity will be taken to improve the layout and functionality of the car park. So it's sort of just saying, we'll just wait, basically. Yeah. It isn't great, but we will just wait. And we don't know when that redevelopment will really start taking shape and there will be a replacement. So maybe something does need to be done in the short term. Mm. Kieran, do you ever use that car park? Um, I haven't used it that often, actually, but I've walked to the uh, cross Broadway a lot when I go into town and it does seem like a really strange system that they've got. They have got there. Um, Georgina's right. When there's one car at a red light, the others are just waiting. They, they literally just can't pull out because mm. there's no room, and also because there's cars coming the other way. So um, it is a really, really odd system. But as you mentioned, it's going to be redeveloped as part of the Nicholson's right. um, redevelopment, which is obviously yet to go to planning. But I've been to a few meetings of that, um, and um, yeah, that they've been saying that they're going to, the architects are going to move the car park to a more central location. Mm. Um, so I think it's going to be completely opposite to where, opposite to where it is now. So um, it's, it's going to be much easier for cars to go in and out um, rather than it all being sort of filtered through there. I think there's definitely something in the idea of moving, just swapping the entrance and the exits round, because then everyone will have more room space. Mm. If people want to turn right, they could, you know, six or seven cars could get out at a time, no problem. Mm. Um, that seems like a sensible thing to do, but I don't know how difficult that is to do. I'm not a, an mm. architect or an engineer. I, I'm, you know. Maybe it's, simple, it's just as simple as painting some new lines, but maybe uh, maybe it's not really built for that. And obviously, with the, they're going to smash that car park up mm. at some point in the near future. No one knows when. And yeah, with the new Nicholson's um, development, I was in a meeting this week, actually. We're recording this podcast on Thursday. I was in a meeting on Monday at the council, and they, they said that they, were, they haven't put the plans in. It's not concrete yet, but they want to put the car park at the opposite end of Broadway. So then that would pretty much solve that problem. Although maybe it would create new problems, who knows. <laughs> but yeah, that seems like a sensible thing to do. Um, some people are suggesting that you move the pedestrian crossing. Mm. But that, that doesn't seem like a good idea to me because the pedestrian crossing can line with the, yeah. with the pedestrians. That's so they'd true. have to divert um, to get across that road. Yeah, there's almost too much going on there. Mm. They've got a pedestrian crossing, they've got traffic lights, they've got an exit, they've mm. got two-way traffic now. Yeah. It's, all, it's all going on in such a yeah. small small space Broadway itself is such a strange road as well because you mm. can't really walk down there if you're a pedestrian it only mm. really exists to kind of go through the middle of town and get into the car park so yeah hopefully in when they do read about that area they'll make Broadway into a more kind of useful street I guess because yeah it's not really for people at the moment mm. um, but yeah moving on I suppose to our um, to our final story of the of the podcast and one which is it's quite sad but hopefully it can be happy as well. It's about a pilot from, um, from, from the Second World War and some people in France are searching for his family. Um, this pilot, he died in a plane crash over France in 1940. His name was Flight Lieutenant David Owen and he was only 23 years old when his plane containing, containing four other airmen was shot down. Uh, he lived in Camley Gardens in Pinkney's Green. So this... Um, Basically, the, the plane crashed over, uh, in France, and the people who lived nearby, they've, um, well, the, the, all these, these um, airmen are buried near to where the, the plane crashed. And the people from that area now are trying to find the family of this, um, of this former, former airman, David Owen, who, um, 
who lived in the area, and they want to they want to try and hold a ceremony in in his honor and in the in honor of the other men in that plane, and hopefully invite them. I think invite them them to France to to celebrate. Um, bit of a sad story really Georgina what do you what did you think of it when you when you read through yeah I just thought it was really um striking that um the mother of um Lieutenant, um, Lieutenant Owen um lost her son and um his brother Robin and their father too mm. um so she lost sort of you know three men in her life um and it just brought home the reality of war really it's mm. just really tragic um so you do think oh how much family will there be to find but i think george you mentioned there might be one brother that i think so it's, it's not entirely clear this is all kind of looking at like kind of old letters and stuff in, from the national archive so i'm not 100 percent sure but i think there was a surviving owen brother mm. um fingers crossed yeah for basically this um the mother her name was gwenlian gwenlian owen her husband died uh, at home in Maidenhead in the bombings. Um, I don't know if he died actually in Maidenhead, but he died in this country in the, by German bombers. Um, brother of David, um, his name was Robin. He was a soldier as well. And he, uh, so apparently this is from letters, I think, that the mother wrote that are in the National Archive. After David, the, the pilot, was killed, his brother got um, schizophrenia and then died not, not too long afterwards. So I don't know if he died in, in battle, but yeah, he was he was buried by 1946 in, in Maidenhead. So yeah, a pretty um, pretty terrible tragedy, yeah, for, tragic for, one, tragedy for one family. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully there's kind of a little bit of light now. Um, if, if, if we can find their, um, any, any surviving relatives, I, I don't know if there are any, but yeah, basically we've put an appeal in our paper this, this week, you know, asking does anybody know any family for uh, you know of this soldier, um, this airman. Sorry, um, a little bit of kind of detail about the pilot himself. So, Flight Lieutenant Owen. He was only 23, but he was the oldest person in in this plane. This crew of five. The others were 20, 21, and some of them were just teenagers as well. Um, so they were shot down. I think in May 2000, uh, <laughs> May 2000, <laughs> May 1940. Um, but the plane that they were that they were flying in, it was called um, it was a bomber. Uh, it's called an N one three eight zero DY dash R. I don't know if that means something to anybody. Um, but apparently that was the first bomber that bombed Germany in the Second World War. Um, I don't know if that's one hundred percent confirmed, but it's thought to be. So it's quite a significant, um, quite a significant thing. Quite quite a significant. Um, plane and, and yeah and a real artifacts in in Maidenhead's history I suppose but yeah basically this this it's not really a charity but this kind of project has been set up called Mission Fraternity 2020 where the people in France where the uh, the bodies are buried they want to have a ceremony in May um, to 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 thank these to thank these airmen for for what they did fighting you know against the Nazis. And yeah, they're they're hoping to find the family of this of this guy and the four other guys on the who were on that plane and and pay tribute to them in May. So if anybody has heard of the Owens from Pinkney's Green, get in touch. Anybody got anything more to add on that? No. Well, I think that's a wrap then. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, I think it's been quite a short podcast. It feels like it's been short, but maybe it's because we've been having a. A great time. time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, we'll see you next week. Um, Happy New Year to you all, and thank you for listening. Bye. Happy New Year.